I want you to go with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And we're going to be looking at verse 18 and 19. Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19. And once again, the title of the message is Time to Use the Keys. And in Matthew 16, verse 18, and I'm just going to be breaking this down little by little. Jesus is having a conversation with the disciples. And as Jesus is having this conversation with the disciples, He asked His disciples, who do the people say that I am? And He's getting all this type of feedback, okay, from these guys that are walking with Him. And He's saying, listen, some are saying that you're John the Baptist. Some are saying that you're Elijah. Some are saying that you're one of the other prophets. And then Jesus looks intently to his own disciples, and he goes, okay, and now who do you guys say that I am? Jesus wanted to, you know, dig in into their hearts to see if they had the conviction of who he was. And Peter answers what we're going to see here in verse 18. It says that Peter tells the Lord, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answers him this. He goes, Now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this rock I will build my church. Now, I want to clarify something that is very important here. The rock that Jesus is talking that He's going to build His church upon is not Peter. It's the confession that Peter made. The confession that Peter made was that Jesus was the Christ. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And in the original word, it actually, okay, with the word Peter, okay, is Petros, all right? And Jesus says, and upon this Petra, which is a rock. So it's actually two different words that Jesus is using, but in our language, it comes out as one. So Jesus is not building his church upon a man. Jesus is building his, the church upon himself. Because if you go to 1 Peter, alright, this is a quick side note, but it's important that we go into it. 1 Peter 2, 6 and 7. Peter, which was actually the person that was living this moment, later on he writes an epistle. He writes a letter towards the end of the New Testament. And he talks about that moment. And this is what he says. He says, For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. Who is that for? For you and I who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. So who is Peter talking about here that is the cornerstone of the church? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the stone that the builders rejected. What builders at that moment? The Jewish nation. They didn't receive Jesus as their Messiah, so they rejected Him. And Peter's saying, that one that you guys have rejected, that guy in reality is the cornerstone of the church and everything that God wants to do in these times. 
Now, what does Jesus say about the church in that conversation that he's having with Peter? We go back to Matthew 16. All right, we're in Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus says, Okay, now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, the confession that Peter made, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. Since the beginning of the church, the powers of hell have tried to conquer it. Since the beginning of the church, the enemy has been relentless to try to destroy the church. The church is the biggest enemy that Satan has here on this earth because the church is the body of Christ here on earth through you and through me that are the church. And that's why the enemy hates the church because he hates Jesus since the beginning. If you look at the book of Acts, since the moment that the church was birthed in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, right after that, you see this persecution that starts to come. And it's relentless. Christians are being put to death. And at that moment, actually, Paul was the one. At that moment, his name was Saul. One of the ones that was moving that whole movement. The church was suffering persecution. James the Apostle died. Stephen was stoned to death. And there was this great persecution that started to follow the church right there in that first century. A couple of years after the Holy Spirit had come down. The enemy has tried to destroy the church. And then, you know, then you go all the way to the Roman Empire. Then it wasn't the Jews following the church. It was the Roman Empire and the Caesars. And if you like reading, I encourage you to read a little bit of this book called Josephus or a book of... uh, 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 Josephus is one of those books. And Eusebius is one of the other books that talks about church history, but after the the Bible closes. And it talks about those first four centuries of the church and how the Romans were putting all the Christians to death in the Colosseum, how they were being persecuted. And it's a sad story. They would use Christians as human torches on the way to Rome. They would light up the Christian bodies on the way to Rome. Those were the lights that they would use. The church being persecuted. And even, you know, later on in the medieval times, the Christian or the Spanish Inquisition, where hundreds and thousands of Christians were put to death for saying that they did not want to follow, okay, the the traditional church. And I actually got to visit one of those places many years ago with a, a group of young people from our church, 24 of us. We went on a mission trip to Spain back in 1999. I was just 21 years old, but I'll never forget going to this place in Spain called Toledo. And that's where the Spanish Inquisition started. And they took us to this castle. And in the basement of that castle is where they would start burning the Christians. And we actually got to see the walls of that place. And they were all burned all the way to maybe 10 feet high. And I couldn't imagine my Christian brothers and sisters being put to death because of their confession of Christ. The church has suffered persecution because hell and its powers have always tried to conquer it. Even till today, the church is suffering persecution around the world in different places. If you want to find out a little bit of that, go into your website and just click on voiceofthemartyrs.org. 
voice of the martyrs. And I'll tell you about the different numbers in the countries where there's Christian persecution even till today. But I have great news for you that even though the devil and hell has tried to come and destroy the church, the word of Jesus was that it will not conquer the church. And even till today, devil has not been able to conquer the church. Hell has not been able to conquer the church. The church is alive and well today in the times that we're living the powers of hell have not been able to conquer it and then jesus says something so powerful and here's where the heart of today's message is jesus says the following he says and i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven i will give you what the keys of the kingdom of heaven the keys The keys to what? To the kingdom of heaven. Now that's a very powerful statement because when you talk about a key, what do you use a key for? A key is to lock and to unlock. A key is to open something or to shut something, to close something. I remember some years ago, 2016, I had the honor with my pastor Kirk to visit Iraq. And when I visited Iraq, I went to this little town called El Kosh. And in El Kosh, there was a little ruins area where Jews used to live all the way, listen to this, since the times of Jesus, all the way to the year 1947, when the nation of Israel actually became a nation. And the funny thing is, is that we're outside this huge door and I look beyond this wall and I see all these ruins. And Kirk's son, Matthew, says, you know that there's an old synagogue in there that used to hold the, re- uh, the remains of the prophet Nahum? Because if you look at the prophet Nahum in the Bible, he was not from Israel. He was from al He was from Iraq. And he goes, and in there, in that synagogue, there's this big sarcophagus where his bones used to rest. And then in 1947, they took it back to Israel. And I was like, my God, you know, some of you guys know that I wanted to be an archaeologist. You know, I like all those, you know, Indiana Jones movies and all that kind of crazy stuff. So I'm like, we need to get in there. But we walked into this huge metal door with this big lock that literally that lock looked like it was like from back in 19, like the 1400s or something. And I was like, how are we going to get in? And Matthew goes, I know the gatekeeper. And I'm like, you know who? And he goes, I know the gatekeeper. He goes, he lives across the street. So he walks across the street, knocks on this other big metal door, and an old man comes out and he talks to him in the Iraqi language. And the guy comes out with this key that was like about this size. This old metal key. It looked like from the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, you know? It looked like I was going to open a treasure chest or something with that key. And Matt took that key, went across the street, and just stuck that key in this big lock in that gate. And all of a sudden, the lock just opened. I was like, oh my God. We're still living in days where there's gatekeepers. People that have keys to go into places that others don't have access. And what Jesus is telling Peter, and he's telling the the disciples that are there, and he's telling you and me as a church, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I'm making you guys the gatekeepers. 
I'm giving you guys keys. When the Bible talks about keys, church, we're talking about authority. I'm giving you the authority of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And listen to what he says. And whatever you forbid, you can go back into that scripture. Whatever you forbid, and that word forbid, you can put the word bind or lock. Okay, whatever you lock with that key, whatever you forbid with that authority on earth will be forbidden. It will be locked in heaven. And whatever you permit, whatever you loose or open or unlock on earth will be permitted, okay, or opened in heaven. Why is this an important message for today? I want to tell you why. Because I really believe with all my heart that the church has had an authority that Jesus Christ gave to it over 2,000 years ago. We have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And I really believe that the church has not understood what those keys or that authority is all about to establish the will of God here on this earth. And we have walked around and we have done beautiful services and we've gotten blessed by the presence of the Holy Spirit and we've fallen under the power of the anointing and we've prayed for people with oil and we've gotten people baptized and all those things are great. But while we do all that, hell is running rampant upon our streets, upon our nations, and the church is not doing anything about it. I believe as a church, this is our finest hour. I said that at the beginning. I'm saying it again. I really believe this is our finest hour if we understand the keys that we have in our hand to unlock, to unlock the kingdom of heaven upon everything that is happening. And I want you to understand this that I'm going to say to you right now. This is very, very important. Okay? The kingdom of God It's not coming to you. It's coming through you. This is important. I was worshiping with a song this week and it was, it had this verse on it. And I was listening to that song. And, and this that I just said is so powerful because the kingdom of God is not coming to the church. It wants to come through the church. A lot of us want the kingdom of God because I want to get blessed. Let me tell you something. Yes, God wants to bless you, but He doesn't want it to stop there. He wants the blessing to come through you to the world. And whatever we bind, whatever we lock on earth, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth, whatever we permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. See, many are waiting for the kingdom of heaven to be manifested to them. And God is waiting to manifest the kingdom of heaven through us. A lot of us are praying, Lord, I need a miracle. Lord, I need a blessing. Lord, I need this answered prayer. Lord, I need this. I need that. And God's saying, yeah, I want to give you all that, but I want to manifest something that is so powerful through you that as it comes through you, you'll get that too, but it'll bless so many others. You see... Adam was not waiting, okay, for the kingdom. Adam was manifesting the kingdom. Adam was walking around and he was naming animals. He was extending God's kingdom as God told him to at that time. 
Abraham in the Bible, what did God told Abraham? Abraham, I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to make you a blessing. And many will be blessed because of you. What was God telling him? Oh, you're going to be blessed. Oh, but there's something so powerful that's going to come through you that if you allow yourself, the whole nations of the world will be blessed. That's what God wants to do through the church. God doesn't want us to be a dormant church. God doesn't want us to be a church that allows all this madness to go around and we don't do anything about it. I really believe that the church is the answer to all the problems that are going on in the world right now. I believe that with all my heart. God decided to use David and he told David, David, you know what? From now on, there's going to be somebody that's going to be seated on your throne forever. He's talking about Jesus. What he's telling David is like, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world through you. You're going to be blessed. You're going to have riches. You're going to have all these things. But you know what? The kingdom is coming through you. Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate example of this that I'm talking about. Jesus came and wherever he would go, what he would say, he would go, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand means that it's near, it's right in front of you. Get your mind ready for the kingdom of heaven. Get your mind ready to align yourself to what God wants to do. I really believe that a lot of times we've had a limited mentality. We've had a limited mentality, only thinking about what God could give me, how God could touch me, how God could bless me. And that's a limited mentality. God will do all that, but he also wants to use the church. He also wants to use you. There's, all, there's people that can only be touched through you and me as a church. God is in heaven and he needs you and me. That's right. I just said, uh, God needs you and me. Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body of the church. I've never seen a head walking around by itself. A head needs a body. And you and I are the body. You and I are the hands. You and I are the feet of Jesus. So we're here, guys, to usher in. To usher in the kingdom of heaven into all the world, into all society. When I see everything that is going on outside, when I see people marching for, you know, for the rights of all different races, and I see people angry breaking down things, and I see this disease running rampant, isn't it a coincidence that all this happened while all of a sudden the church couldn't meet? The church couldn't meet. You couldn't go to buildings like this. You couldn't have your regular meetings. Oh, you could do the, trans the transmission, and that's great. But all of a sudden, the church is locked up, and hell is just taking over. Well, you know what? It's time for the church not to be locked up anymore. It's time for the church to stand up and rise and make a difference in this world because you and I are called to be the light of this world. And we have authority. We have the keys. We have the keys to the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So next week, we're going to be starting a series that we're going to jump into. And it's going to go on for some weeks. And we're going to be calling it Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. Because if we need something right now, we need the kingdom of heaven. It's not about rights. It's not about 
political parties, Republican and Democrats. No, it's about the kingdom of heaven. If the kingdom of heaven rises up, everything else will fall in its place. We're going to learn a little bit about what the kingdom of heaven is all about, what God's original intent, what God's original plan was, and what role you and I play in all that. How we really extend the kingdom of heaven as a church. How we extend righteousness and justice here according to the kingdom of heaven. So it's going to be an amazing series we're going to jump into. Right there where you're at, I want you to close your eyes for a second. Because I really believe that the Holy Spirit just has been burning this in my heart. And it's like a, like, like, like a mandate. It's like something that He's telling us, you know, I am counting on you. And right there where your eyes closed at home, I want you to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to do through me? Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Open my understanding to be able to grasp everything that you want to do through me in this season. Allow me to be a representative of who you are. Starting in my home. Starting in my home. With my family. If you're a man and you're there watching me. You're a husband. Or you're a father. I want you for a second right there to pray. Lord, use me as a man. To bring in your kingdom to this house. If you're a woman, you're a mom, or you're a single mom watching me right now online. I want you to pray and say, Lord... Align my heart and my emotions and my feelings to your kingdom and to your purpose. I want to use the keys. I want to use the keys of the kingdom of heaven to bring in your kingdom to my children, to my family, to my workplace, to my community. Lord, use me. And if you're young and you're watching me today, maybe you're a teenager, maybe you're a college-age person, And you're like, I don't know if this is for me. Let me tell you something. God never rejected anybody because of age. Some of the greatest people in the Bible were young people. Some of the greatest people that God used in the Bible were teenagers. People like David. People like Daniel. People like Josiah. That Actually, he became king when he was eight years old of a whole nation and brought reformation to a whole nation. You see, the Bible says that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. When we are weak, He is strong. And right there, this morning, you could be in your living room. You could be with your family. Maybe you're alone in your bedroom. We have dream teamers here. You guys that are here. Just ask the Holy Holy Spirit, allow me to walk in your kingdom authority. Allow me to walk in your kingdom authority. I want your kingdom to move through me. I'm not looking just to see how I could get blessed and how it could come to me. I want it to move through me, Lord. I want it to move through me. Use me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Father, we exalt you. We lift you up. We ask you forgiveness, Lord, for not having the right mindset And a lot of times thinking that it's about just a religious act of coming to church and giving and doing this and doing that. 
and not understanding that it's something greater, Lord, that you want to do. You want to touch this world through your church. You want to use your church to bless this world. Allow us to shine, Lord God, with your glory in the darkest places and in the darkest times. Allow us to speak for those that don't have a voice. Allow us to stand up, Lord, and bring true kingdom reformation to the times and the moments that we are living. Thank you, Lord. And right now, Lord, I pray for all those, my God, that are in broken homes this morning. I pray for all those that the enemy has come and ravished, Lord God, because the enemy does not want your church to be that triumphant church. So he's distracted us and he's hindered us by causing pain and anger and, 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 and wounds, Father God. And now I speak over those things right now in Jesus' name. And I ask divine healing, Lord. I ask that you would heal the souls, that you would mend the families, that you would bring marriages back together again. In Jesus' name, I declare the kingdom of heaven and everything that comes with it moving upon your children and through your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you're watching me through that camera today and you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity today. And you might be watching and you're like, Pastor, what is it that I have to do? Well, the Bible says that first we need to repent. We need to change our mindset. And what I mean by that is understanding that by our, by our righteousness and by our good works, we're never going to make it to having a relationship with God. We're never going to make it to heaven. We're all sinners and we've fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. But the Bible also says that God loved you and I so much that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. And there where you're watching today, like I said, you might be in your living room, maybe you're in your car or you're in your office or you're in your bedroom and you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior right there. I want to lead you in a prayer and I want you to pray out loud this prayer with me. A pastor, they're going to hear me. My wife is going to hear me. My husband's going to hear me. My kids are going to hear me. It doesn't matter. I want you to close your eyes and make this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you for forgiveness for all my sins. I ask that you would take me by the hand and fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to understand what it means that you've given me the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I want to use that authority to make a difference in this world for you, my God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. My friend, if you just made that prayer right there where you're at, I want to welcome you to the family of God. I want to tell you it's the most beautiful and important decision that you will ever make. 
The Bible says that right now your sins are forgiven and you have become a son or daughter of God. This is the beginning of everything that he wants to do in your life. So allow me this privilege and this honor. If you could reach out to us right there in the feed of the live that you're watching, if you could just write, I believe, if you made this prayer for the first time, there's a material that I want to get to your hands. Or you could go to our webpage as well, numachurchmiami.org, and fill out that connection card. And there's an area where it says, my decision today. And you put there, I'm deciding for Christ. I'm deciding for Christ. And we'll get out a material that's going to be a big blessing in your walk with God in this season. Amen.